0: Stairs. i met a man who wasn't there It wasn't there again today i wish i wish he'd go away
1: it's manson mitchell on the
2: weekend with gary manson suzanne mitchell a double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day manson mitchell you're on the air Thank you, Eric Kramer. Happy Saturday. Happy weekend, everyone. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour. And because it's Saturday, we get to play on the air, play radio with Nathan Miller or Nathan Detroit, as you like to call
1: him. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, Nathan?
2: Nathan, Nathan,
1: (laughs) Good afternoon, Gary and Suzanne. (laughs) Afternoon to you. Morning over here.
3: Yep. Absolutely. We are coast to coast here. That's for sure.
2: And we're fine. We we didn't go glug, glug, glug. There's tropical depression making its way through. Glad we're not in Miami right now because they're uh, up to their hips. They're having to wear their hip waders. I think they're in Miami. We wish them good luck with the weather, but we just got some rain.
3: And Nathan said he got penny-sized hail, not personally, but Seattle.
1: (laughs) Our guest may be familiar with that, depending on how oh. much more north is. But it happened in North End of Seattle, and like the, oh, uh, let's see, Makotios between Everett and Seattle area. So there you go. You know, maybe oh, we'll wow. find out a little bit later what happened.
0: Maybe that's what we I will. hear
1: was some penny-sized hail and thunder and lightning throughout the night. High winds didn't it affect wow. me though. Is weird. It was like on the north side of Seattle, and if you're on mm-hmm. the south side of Seattle, it was just like oh. Well, Typical Seattle, cloudy, maybe a little bit of rain type night. No winds.
2: And if you're in the Kent Auburn Valley, your power goes out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anything above 10 miles per hour. That's about it. Absolutely.
2: And I should ask you, uh, Nathan, give us the, the Mariners report. How are they doing these days? Are they on a, They're riding a 10-game winning streak? What's going on?
1: Oh, they're struggling right now. It's below 500 by quite a few games, uh, a little bit uh, short of our expectations. You know, they were thinking they are going to have like a really big breakthrough season, which is the case for pretty much every Mariners year, you know, always high hopes at the beginning and they start off strong and then they fall down, but... They still have plenty of time to recover. It's a 165-game season and got maybe around 100 games left to play.
2: Uh, That sounds good. Yes, they have, uh, I would say, at least a few more weeks before. They start to look ahead to the future there because that's a Mariners (laughs) thing. We are looking to the future. Yeah. I don't this, this future better get here at warp speed one of these days. I'd love to see the M's in the World Series. Hasn't happened yet, but that would be a great Cinderella story, wouldn't it? Well, thank you very much, Nathan. Good, as always, to be working with you. Today, we're going to talk to Jeffrey Marks. It's been a little while, Suzanne, since we had Jeffrey with us. Over two years, and that's a story in itself, but we are so
3: thrilled to be reconnected with him. We actually met him 10 years ago through our friend, Dina Marie, in 2010,
2: in Everett. When you connect to people in the world of metaphysics... It's it's not all the paranormal. I mean, yeah, you got your ghost hunters, and that's fine in and of itself. But I mean, psychic mediums, those who use tools of divination, astrologers, it's a fun community. And Jeffrey Marks has certainly been one of the most popular gentlemen under that wide umbrella that it's been our pleasure to know. We consider him a friend, not just through radio, but in real life. Why don't you give him his mad props
3: and we'll bring him on.
2: There aren't too many. This is fairly brief, but it'll get the job done. And then we'll get underway with some metaphysical Q&A with Jeffrey Marks today. Jeffrey Marks is a professional psychic and evidential spiritual medium. He also is a paranormal researcher and a student of psychical research. He takes this stuff very seriously. In addition, he is an award-winning author. His books include Your Magical Soul and The Afterlife Interviews, Volumes 1 and 2. His website is spiritualexploration.com. Jeffrey Marks, visit number, what is it, 13? 13. Number 13. Oh, my goodness. Jeffrey, welcome for the 13th, lucky 13th time.
0: Thank you so much to have me back. I, I, it's always a blast to come and chat with you, too, because we, we I love how deep we can go with this. You know, it's its fun for all of us.
3: <laughs> we do have good conversations, and we haven't had one with you in over a couple of years. So what you've been doing the last couple of years?
0: Um, probably uh, watching the world go by like a lot of people in some uh, amount of dread and fear. <laughs> uh, yep. it's definitely, it was pre-pandemic. Um, the last time we talked and, and the world has shifted and changed so dramatically since then um, that it's reached a point now where, you know, I hate to start off this way, but I kind of consider nowadays to be like a new era of dark ages. You know, wow,
3: that is very interesting. Haven't heard anybody say that
2: dark ages, even mm-hmm. as technology means of communication race ahead. The technology races ahead of our ability to get along as a civilization. Note the irony.
0: Yeah, the technology itself. Yes, the technology continues to expand. But unless we start addressing the human side of it, the consciousness side of it, uh, we are really no different or better than the people who existed back in the medieval dark ages. Uh, just a few, uh, a few months ago, I was reading a book that was uh, uh, covering sort of the era of the 1300s. Because it started with the Black Plague, you know, a you know, little bit harsher than what we've gone through, but um, it was going through the entire era of the 1400s and the Black Plague started in the 1350s and everything. And I was reading about all of these campaigns and, and, and the way that the world was working back then and the politics and everything. And it was, it just it was like, we really have not changed. I mean, that, that was, you know, 1300, that's, you know, 700 plus years ago. And in terms of how we interact with each other, um, what motivates us, what moves us really has not changed. The only thing that's changed has been our technology. And so we have to ask the question, right? Technology in the wrong hands does not necessarily gonna equate to anything profitable on the good end of the spectrum. You know, just like saying you can have the right hands and the wrong technology isn't gonna work. Same thing is gonna be when you've got the right technology in the wrong hands, it's it's gonna be a conundrum that's gonna have consequences. And we have seen that, we are seeing that and we are living in that.
2: What are your friends in the metaphysical community of whatever stripe, Telling you, Jeffrey, about the way the world is going.
0: Uh, Honestly, everybody, and and it's proper and it's right, and it's a good way to be positive and to think positive. Uh, But at the same time, I kind of consider myself a little bit of an outlier. Uh, in the sense that, yes, I want to be positive, but at the same time, I'm a student of history and I'm a student of, of consciousness and how we think, because we know in the metaphysical community and even beyond the metaphysical community, we know how our thoughts, how we think, the quality of our thoughts will determine the quality of our, of our actions and how we approach the world. And and to me this is where we really need to be focusing. It doesn't even it doesn't even have to land on a metaphysical plane so long as we understand that shoot how we think you know creates our actions and how we are in the effects of what those actions are going to produce. And that's where we're at. And I, and I don't think we do that the way we could be doing it.
3: No, absolutely not. The quality of our thoughts is very good. I I have found myself, and I I mentioned this um, yesterday, watching television a little less. I mean, we're, uh, I, I won't, I won't say we're news junkies because we're not actually at that level, but we do watch a fair amount of news and it has been so horrific the last two weeks that, uh, when the news is on, I'm uh, doing something else. I, I'm playing a Sudoku puzzle. I'm coloring in a book. It's like, I cannot give that a hundred percent of my attention. And I, and I realize that there are times when I just shut off the TV and go read and go do something else, because I think that the, the news is Somehow impacting the quality of our thoughts. It is easy to go to a dark place once you have watched the news with the killings and everything else.
0: Yeah. And it becomes a vicious cycle when we get into the metaphysical side of it. Because the news, let's face it, the news is geared towards sound bites that are going to ah, shock you. Right. Now, on the metaphysical side of it, if our thoughts and our emotions and our expectations create reality, well, they're just going to be feeding us to expect more of shock and awe on a negative end of the spectrum. And so on the metaphysical side of it, if we are creating reality with our thoughts and everything, but yet we're also continuing to watch the news, what kind of reality are we going to continue to create? Well, in this day and age, we've created a reality that now has a virus that is, you know, global. And we now have a reality of potential uh, European conflict, you know, exploding everywhere. Uh, we, we've been feeling the effects of climate change and everything else. And so, you know, I've stopped watching the news years ago because it it was, I understood that, you know, and we know this from quantum mechanics, you know, what your awareness, the observer has an impact on reality. Right. And, And it's important to you keep that definitely in your mind.
3: Hard to stay positive when things are going so negatively. It, it's like there's, I I watched a, a commercial the other day about um, self-care. And I said, boy, if ever self-care was needed, it's right now. We have to take care of our own thoughts. We have to take care of our own selves because if you just leave that, if you're not conscious about it, I think that the, the culture is, is really going to push us all into a pretty dark place.
0: Right. And I think the first step or one of the first steps that we can take to move to that other end of the spectrum is to begin to acknowledge our interconnectedness, that everything is one. And and we have plenty of examples of of how that works. Uh, You know, climate is one of them. But we know the individual cannot be separated from their environment. And we also know, too, that each one of us is on a metaphysical level, responsible. eh, I might be too heavy of a word, but each one of us brings the other person to life, shall we say. I am not existing at this moment without the two of you conversing with me otherwise it's just me um so actually i need you too right now to even be valid at this moment and this is something that we as a species entirely don't even think about don't take for granted but it is the absolute truth we are all interconnected and we cannot exist without the other and so when we get into these conflicts especially in america right now with the whole political divide what both sides need to realize, left and right, they cannot exist isolated on their own. It's, it's the whole yin-yang thing. You can't have left without right. You can't have back without front. The other cannot exist without the other. The two go together.
2: They definitely do. I mean, that is that is ancient philosophy, and it still holds, Jeffrey. What concerns me about all of that, and there are a lot of ways to look at this, I realize, But I'm very suspicious of echo chambers, because if you're talking to yourself by way of talking to those who resonate with you, what do you really learn? You can have preconceived notions, and people spend a lot of time and energy reinforcing each other in their beliefs, whether their beliefs are valid, according to any reasonable judgment, or not. They believe it, they say it, and that becomes their reality.
0: Right uh but what really creates the issue is where that echo chamber begins to really solidify the walls and starts making the other one out to be less than because what what really it's all about is we're all on a spectrum but that spectrum is one spec is one line of energy and what we have done is we've we've taken the different ends of the spectrum and said, No, wait, the other one is other, it's less than it is not viable or as important as mine. And that's where the, the trouble begins. And this is where um, I'm going to point to my blog that I just put out there this week, um, where we have, especially in America, we have begun this, it's like it's been this way for decades, ego worship. You know, we've, we've really started to kind of pervert the individual ego which continues to do nothing but separate us from one another when we know deep down and beneath underneath all this especially on the quote-unquote subconscious level we are all connected we are all one and so this is something that to me is fundamental in addressing when it comes to starting to move the needle in the other direction we have to come together and understand that that interconnectedness is not a philosophy it is not strictly an idea or a belief it is demonstrable it is it is part and parcel of who and what we are and it's kind of like you you can't have a tree that that has leaves that are going to poison one another It, it just doesn't work the whole thing collapses and we are now in the midst of you know you could say the whole thing is in the process of collapse when it doesn't need to be
3: yeah. Interesting. You say it doesn't need to be two different people that Gary and I talked to and not recently, actually a few years back was futurist um, Barbara Marks Hubbard and also another um, PNW uh, pundit, uh, Stefan Schwartz. And each of them individually at two different times were saying We are at a crossroads. We are at a crossroads and we can go in one direction or we can go in another. And we, you know, we need to be really conscious about what direction that we're going into, because it it's one thing to go down the dark road into the dark ages And another thing to choose the light and go in in that direction. And that's kind of stayed with me that, you know, maybe this has happened before, but it seems like it's very strong right now.
0: And and notice the phrase that was used that we need to go into. We, collective, not I, not myself, but we. And we need to understand that within that we, there's going to be different points of view. Um, but a different point of view does not necessarily mean other or less than. We got to think. We got to start looking at humanity as a multifaceted diamond. You know, actually, actually, we can do it this way. You have two sets of eyes. Well, you have a set of eyes, two different eyes. Okay. You cover up one, you you get one angle. You cover up the other, you get another angle. But what happens when you look with both of them? You get three dimensional depth. And this is what we are on a metaphysical scale in terms of each individual personality. We are a single point of view of the divine, but yet we are all made of the divine, that when you come together like eyes, we're creating a multidimensional depth of, of perception and reality. And we need to get away from this, well, my point of view from my eyes, the correct one and you are wrong. No, they all come together and they all have purpose and point. You know, you can't have an orchestra where everyone is trying to be the soloist to make everyone feel, you know, uh, uh, envious of me or, or whatever. No, a true orchestra, when it creates a, a, a impactful, significant piece of music, is each player giving their piece to it to make it awe-inspiring. At that point, every player, every instrument is significant, it's valid. You have flutes, you have, you, have, uh, world, you have the winds, you have the trumpets, you have the drums, each different, but come together, they create something spectacular. And that's how we need to start looking at each other in terms of civilization and the differences that we have, as opposed to trying to one-up one another. We can't one-up, it's, that's not what it's about. It's about coming together and creating amazing music.
2: I've listened to symphonies, and sometimes Suzanne has them on late at night. There, I'll get under the covers, and she's already got uh, Vivaldi or one of those guys yeah. going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, and I'm I'm listening to that, and I go, the intricacy and the flow of it is amazing to me and then Mozart people regard him you know as the champion certainly there's Bach let's not overlook him yeah Beethoven of course you listen to the and Beethoven was deaf there what do you do drum his fingers on the table or
0: something yeah it isn't, <laughs> isn't that amazing
2: heard the notes in his head you know and they come up with these absolutely stunningly beautiful sounds that have an interplay That's what I love about a symphony. It's what I love about woodwind instruments in chamber music, for example. There's an agreement as to what this can and should sound like based on one person's creative genius. And now hundreds of years later, people are still making those sounds with fidelity to the creator. Wouldn't it be great if all of us lived our own lives as best we can with fidelity to our creator?
0: yes and that's actually a perception we can take but uh right here now the way i see things is a lot of us come into the world with this idea of you know i have to be number one or i have to be the top as opposed to wait a minute i'm an instrument in a symphony and how do i interrelate with these other instruments to create beautiful music as opposed to oh no wait i got to be the number one in the chair so it's going to require some deep introspection. And I think we need to, we're gonna have to shift how we view ourselves uh, in relation to everybody else in the planet in order to really invite change. I don't, you know, again, I, I know I sound kind of negative, but I, I really don't think changing, uh, creating new laws and new regulations is a, is a great start. But until we start addressing the consciousness end of it, the ego part of it, it's, it's not going to work. We got to start understanding how we fit in with each other, how we work together and how we interact. That's what's going to make the change that's needed from my point of view.
2: We're just looking at each other here. Like, <laughs> where do we go from here? You know what? I almost see this. It's interesting the way it's developing this conversation, Jeffrey, because I feel like there is the philosophy, of metaphysics. And we're talking about that now, but I want to get into the nitty gritty, perhaps Suzanne agrees with your mediumship and your psychic investigations. Sure. You know, the the vulgar term is ghost hunter. A lot of people who do ghost research don't like being termed ghost hunters because they're not really hunting ghosts the way you would, you know, hunt the Bengal tiger or whatever. (laughs) Thank goodness there. But it's a matter of doing the research, producing some results and then Offering them to scrutiny to people, including the skeptics, most especially, who are always ready to knock down a hypothesis or otherwise find fault, even if it means setting aside evidence, disregarding it, which is something that I have noticed happens from time to time. Mm -hmm. That's a whole controversial subject unto itself. Would you like to get into some of that on the other side of a short break?
0: Sure, absolutely. We can talk about that.
2: That's because I feel like we're nearing halftime just a few minutes early, so we can do that. Of course, we always have the marketing piece when we come back. So people who want to get in touch, who want to get up close and personal with Jeffrey Mark, can absent Marks. Now, here I go. Jeffrey Jeffrey with a J, too, by the way. On our show, we have had great times with a gentleman named Jeffrey Mark. He's a Hollywood historian, especially the classic period, par excellence. And then we have Jeffrey Marks who is a medium and psychic researcher par excellence. It's all about the excellence there. So why don't we go ahead and take our break now? Give us a couple of minutes. And when we come back, we'll find out what Jeffrey Marks is up to in his lifelong pursuit of understanding what this life is all about, this life and beyond. We are Manson Mitchell. Stick with us.
0: Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150.
3: Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest this hour, Jeffrey Marks, who is making his 13th appearance on Manson Mitchell, having started doing this about 10 years ago in uh, whatever 10 years ago was, 2012. And, yes. and now he's with us for the 13th time. <clears throat> Jeffrey, if people would like to get your books, Your Magical Soul, or The Afterlife Interviews, volumes one and two, um, I know they can probably get that at any fine bookstore, but how else can they connect with you?
0: Um, well, they can definitely find the books on Amazon.com. Uh, to get a hold of me, my, I actually have two websites these days. Um, The main one would be www.spiritualexploration.com. And the other one, which is something that I've just gotten into here in the last year that I wasn't doing before, is uh, I am actually a portrait artist. And uh, I specialize in doing colored pencil uh, photorealistic portraits of people and animals. And you can see some of those at jeffreymarksart.com. Uh, I especially love those portraits that are done in memoriam of either people who have passed or animals who have passed. Uh, so you can check out some of that work there.
3: Excellent. Thank you. JeffreyMarksArt.com. Jeffrey is J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-M-A-R-K-S. Yes. JeffreyMarksArt.com. All right. Well, thank you. People can look up your art as well as your other website about your psychic mediumship.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Very good. I wanted to throw this one at you, and this is, for, this is uh, rather dated pop culture, but it has to do with representations of spirits or of spirit generally. There was a movie by the uh, famed director William Castle, who was uh, one of the real kings of ghost movies, of horror, going back to the 50s and early 60s had a lot of success. The guy sold a lot of tickets, no doubt about that. <laughs> 13 Ghosts, and I believe for that movie, it's not nothing that you need on Spenguli there, but 13 Ghosts, and here you are making your 13th appearance, so they just put me in mind of it. They had these ghosts and then if you wore the glasses, you could see them show up in a way in the theater that you wouldn't see if you weren't wearing the glasses. It was supposed to give a depth of perception during this strange movie meant to terrify and entertain at the same time in your own ghost research, Jeffrey and you know you forget about the 3d glasses i we have more sophisticated technology as we've just agreed technology marches on there so when you do the research that you do what are the tools of the trade that are most popular and i guess even more important most reliable that you have found
0: well to be quite honest i have not done much ghost research in the last several years it's it was becoming Honestly, I I was getting more requests to do personal one on one readings and reconnecting people. And so I kind of let that slip. Uh, But what I know is really popular these days are like the voice boxes and these things that will randomly run radio signals with voices and, and they'll You know, through through the matrixing, you can piece together a message that could be potentially from spirit. Um, There's also trans trans, communication with white noise and everything like this. I think that's all very subjective. Um, My opinion, though, is. Spirit is intelligent, and if they're going to want to get a message to you, they're going to find a way to do that. You don't necessarily need some of this technology that's out there that can leave one to still question. I mean, when I was very heavy into uh, the Washington State Ghost Society, we could get EVPs, which is the electronic voice, voice phenomena where they leave their voice on the recorder. We could do that without white noise. We could do that without having uh, a little mechanical device randomly run through radio stations. So to me, the best evidence is going to be something that pretty much does its best to disconnect from anything that might say, well, you're just matrixing that with your ears. No, this sound was not there when I heard it. It's now there on my tape it's as loud as you are, and I can hear that voice. And so that's, that's kind of where I come from, when it comes to the technology, the technology to me, uh, the last couple of years, actually, the Washington Ghost Society is now defunct, it hasn't been around for a few years. And one of the things that we had gotten into towards um, disbanding was to let go of the technology. Because like I said, spirit, Spirits are people, they're intelligent, and they will find a way to get a hold of you, and you don't actually need the technology to do it.
3: Okay. Um, The understanding that I have about the distinction between those two things is that uh, when you have a recording, that you're not necessarily hearing it in real time, you're hearing it when you replay the recording later, when you replay the tape.
0: Traditionally that's what an EVP is. Yeah.
3: And then with the with the Frank's boxes you can hear it as it's occurring so it's in, it's more in yes. real time it's not recorded is that is that the distinction you would make between those two yes
0: that is that's the <laughs> distinction i would make but uh, if we're talking about the same sort of thing with the voice box it's it's randomly running through like radio right. signals bringing up stations and and there are some very convincing messages that are coming across but i think it still invites you know a good skeptical outlook of going well it could just be coincidence Whereas a classic EVP can still be had without that sort of technology and that sort of skepticism. It makes that skepticism much harder to, to
3: happen. Yeah. You know, I know this is almost a little sideways thing, but I've been ever since you did the, the uh, came back from the break, you talked about your art and, and I'm asking myself, If you're getting into doing um, the drawings and the sketchings, is something new or if you are reclaiming a talent that you have had for a long time?
0: I I would call it reclaiming a talent. I used to draw all the time when I was younger Um, and people were my specialty at that point. Uh, i kind of did a little bit of a backward thing a lot of artists they'll start with animals because they're too afraid of people i was the other way around it was kind of like i was afraid of doing animals um and i was very comfortable doing people and finally I, i had some friends that were like can you really i just want a picture of my dog this sort of thing and i'm like okay i'll give it a shot and and you know you learn as you go and now i've just reached a point where you know, I can do this. Um, and what's really significant is I can do this in honor and memory, uh, of, of loved ones that have passed people and animals. And so do, I, do you, I really wanted to connect with that because, uh, art for me is, is, another form of meditation really. Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
3: Absolutely. I I've been, um, for several years now, I, I got as a Christmas gift, uh, a coloring book and some pencils. And so I started just doing some uh, coloring in on these books. And And Gary said, you get very, very meditative. Mm-hmm. Like everything just like slows down when I'm, when I'm sitting in the evening and, and doing these, I don't do it enough, but it is a wonderful form of meditation. And when I'm done, I have something that I like looking at too. Yeah. You know i get to pick the colors
0: yeah yeah and for me i have no more wall space so it's it's better that i do these things for other people
3: <laughs> <laughs> do you do the 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 artwork from drawings
0: um no i'll do it from people's photographs Fro-
3: from uh, photographs yeah so
0: they can supply yeah. and they can supply several different photographs i mean i've done right. i've done commissions where i'm i'm taking three different photo pieces from three like three or four different photographs and making them into one piece of art okay Uh, so now
3: for the big question yes when you're doing these drawings of deceased people Mm -hmm. and you're looking at their photographs do they start to speak to you
0: um actually um most of the deceased that i have worked on have been animals and occasionally yes i have gotten a few things in. I wouldn't call it like a reading, you know, where you're getting, you know, data point after data point after data point. No, because artwork requires a little bit of a different mindset for me than what I would normally be in when I'm doing a, a reading. But occasionally, you know, something will pop in. And and if the person who I'm doing the commission for knows that I'm a medium, <laughs> therefore, I know they'd be open to that. I'll, I'll say when I was doing this, I heard this. Do you understand that? Yes. So yeah it it happens on occasion (laughs) that's not the intention though so i i think that's why it just doesn't it doesn't come in like a regular flow
2: all
3: right well thank you for that little sidebar i just i
2: got all hung up about the art stuff i wanted to mention an experience that i had several nights ago and it's not the first time, but in this latest case, Suzanne herself does not know of it. And so we'll all hear this together. Uh, man, I'm telling you, it's 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 something that Suzanne and I discussed. Like, look, it, there's there are things that happen. They have a rational explanation. And Suzanne has had her share of weird experiences, too. I seem, especially since I moved to Florida, I've had plenty of them. Things that I would call paranormal, maybe, maybe not. But here's what happened. Once again, and this may be about the fifth time it's occurred going back a few months. So the other night, we I brushed my teeth and I shut off the nightlight in our hall bath in our villa. The light itself is really pretty. It is a framed Example of work done by Frank Lloyd Wright. Just one of those interesting patterns for which he was famous, in addition, of course, to his architecture. The I shut off the light and I actually said to it, call me a nut, but I said to it, okay, anybody around who wants to say hello to me, I'm gonna go to bed now. You know, my teeth are brushed, I'm going in. And if you want to, if you're hanging around, let me know. You know, have a good night. And I went in, our bedroom door is left open so that you can see into the hall, which would reflect anything coming from that bathroom. And I got under the covers there and I stayed awake for several minutes. And then I looked over to my left down the hall. The bathroom light had turned itself on. The night light. The night light. The bathroom night light turned itself on again. Now, this has happened, as I say, several times there. And I said, okay, I get it. Thank you. Whoever is there, you came to visit me. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. And within seconds, it shut off. Mm -hmm. Now, Suzanne, you know, she and I are both rational human beings, though at the moment I may not sound like one there, but she's saying, you know, there's something there with the mechanism there, even though there's a click when you turn it off and turn it on, so you know what status it is. And here again, it turned itself on, so to speak. And then after I acknowledged its presence and said, thank you, because you want to have an attitude of gratitude, it simply shut off there. And I'm going, well, you know... I know that there are manipulable means that spirits can use. This is a good piece of mediumship theory with which I've become familiar so that people on the other side, those spirits can let you know that they're around and they have means of doing it seemingly Jeffrey. If it's something that can be as it were by will or manually, manipulated whereas if you have something digital going on then it doesn't seem to work that way there needs to be a switch that can be turned on or a bre- a button that can be pressed and i've been having this ever since we had the haunted oven which used to have a the uh, timer go off we don't bake anything summer in florida we're not baking there and there would be this timer that would go off time and time and time again, all hours of the day and night. And then I would acknowledge it. I would go and turn it off. And then days or even weeks would go by. And then it would come on again. And so that's what's happening with this nightlight. And my pet theory is that it's, it's the thing that they on the other side know they can manipulate in an otherwise digital environment in our home. But they can get to the nightlight. And I'm just wondering if you run into cases like this where it becomes a beacon. It's it's the lighthouse in your home and, and you know, oh, that light is there for me. Someone is, in, there's intelligent control perhaps there. And if you acknowledge it, then the experience becomes interactive.
0: Yes, and what's very interesting to me is you were in the bathroom and you pretty much gave them free will in the bathroom. And then as soon as you acknowledged it, Turned it off. Think about the odds of that happening if it were to just be natural. I mean, it could have been any other light in the house, and it could have been at any other time. No, it happened to be in the room that you said, "Okay, give me a sign." You witnessed it from your room. You gave it thanks. Now, did when you when you did, gave it thanks, did you see you thought it right? You probably yes, thought I did. it.
2: I even I even spoke it.
0: Yeah, you even spoke it. Okay, either way. It, they knew you got them because they turned it off. You know, that it's kind of like, now, wait a minute. If that had just been a coincidence, what are the odds of it working so perfectly like that? I can't speak to the oven. I don't know enough about it. Maybe it was just a random thing or it could have been a combination of the two. That's the other thing. You, you sometimes don't know. Maybe there is a fault with, you know, a natural occurring fault, but maybe it's also a fault that can be, uh, something that spirit can use to their advantage from time to time to let you know and you don't really know until you start getting your little voice recorder out and, and recording the environment and testing them
2: i had I thought to do that
0: but the, the night like thing in itself though you, you can just kind of look at that and go well, what are the odds you know could it have been could it have been natural yeah, but it's that's pretty incredible, though, that it, it, it responded to your thought, it responded to your request. You know, I hate to use the word "it" because it's really they.
2: They, yes, it's
0: really they. And, and what people have got to remember is spirits are not like what they are portrayed in Hollywood as being these these dumb, unintelligent wraiths out to try to scare the bejesus out of you. No, they're usually people you know who love you, who have a bond with you, and whose intelligence level is far beyond just w- one, walking around the house going, how can I scare the crap out of people I care about? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that, so yeah.
2: yeah. I'll give you the ultimate example, back to the oven, a period of, and this used to happen quite frequently several years ago, before we got a new oven that is digital, and now nothing happens with the oven, see. And so I remember Suzanne one night said, you know, I don't want this, this stuff going on. I mean, the it buzzes and you turn it off, it buzzes. I don't need them around doing this. Just just mild annoyance, you know, with this going off at all hours. Mm-hmm. So for two weeks, nothing happened. Absolutely nothing happened for two solid weeks. Then one night before bed, Suzanne's already in bed. I came in to join her there and... Um, I just decided, rather uncharacteristically, to offer a little prayer. You're my loved ones. You've been contacting me. I love you. You love me. I appreciate you for doing this. Don't worry about what Suzanne has to say. If you want to visit, you just (laughs) let me know you're around. It's okay with me. And I went to bed, turned out the light, and had a lovely night's sleep until 5.15 a.m. when the oven timer went off. So I offered this little prayer, this acknowledgement. The very next morning, it goes off after two weeks of no activity. And you know what Suzanne did? She elbowed me in my ribs and she said, they're your relative. You get up and turn it off.
0: I was going to say, who's the instigator of all of this? You seem to be the common denominator. (laughs) (laughs)
3: He is the common denominator, Jeffrey, because he is open to the possibility. And and I think, uh, Gary, is what you would call a true skeptic, and that is that when these things occur, he doesn't immediately say yes, and he doesn't immediately debunk them and says no, he says, could it be? And he's very open to what the possibilities are. And he is, you know, looking for that evidence and especially reoccurring to to say that, yes, I believe this is a connection. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's really the way to be. I mean, I'm the same way, even though I, I, I do psychic mediumship on a professional level. Everything that happens that seems unusual, I don't automatically go, "Oh, oh it's spirit." No, I mean it, it, it. may not be, and you just have to be open to the possibility of things happening naturally. It's just that way. It's authentic. You know, you got to be. You got to be authentic with it.
3: I'll tell you one of the times at which I I completely buy into the paranormal is when I am finding coins. It's like, how can, that, how can that brand new shiny penny be at the entrance to the grocery store and no other person has seen it or picked it up? I mean, there are times, uh, especially I will find coins right at my car door. So I will open the car door, I'll get out, lock the car, there's nothing there. And when I come back from wherever I've been, there's something on the ground. It could be a penny, nickel, dime, whatever it is, but there is is generally a single coin. And, you know, I I can't help but feel that that is a message when I see these coins at various places, especially in public places, no one has stopped to pick this up. Really? I mean, I feel like it's there for me.
0: Yeah, especially if it's right near, like you say, your vehicle or within yes. your, within your path, and yes. it happens with such frequency. Yes, uh, you know, it it does beg the question why, or yeah. rather, maybe the question isn't why. Maybe the question is what? What is happening, and see where that leads. Because <laughs> <laughs> the what, if you if you can determine the what, and if the what turns out to be uh, a, a friend or loved one in spirit then the why will, will automatically get answered afterwards.
3: Well, at this point, I do believe that it is. Yeah. It's just happened too many times. We'll be, I mean, especially when it's around my vehicle, which is frequently or, you know, on my path to somewhere. And, and I'll look around, I'll go, I, I can't believe that nobody saw this. A quarter yeah. sitting right here. And, and I'll, I'll pick up these coins wherever I find them. And that's when, when I say to myself, I know that's the spirit world trying to communicate with me through money.
0: Yeah. They're not trying to make you rich. No. <laughs> oh, no.
3: No, that's obvious.
0: <laughs> uh, but they are trying to say, look, yeah. you know, our relationship is still ongoing. Yeah. It's still valid.
3: Mm-hmm. And this
0: is our way of expressing that to you. And so know that we are here. Whenever you need us, we are here. You know the way we communicate. Yes, that's different than what we're what you're used to. But what's really important is that bond, and that never goes away.
3: I've um, I have a girlfriend in Chicago who has been getting numerous numerous uh, things coming to her from the other side. Her father passed away in 1975. So he's been gone quite a long time. Her mother just turned 100 years old this wow. year. Oh my! She was, she was following a truck with her father's name on it, mm-hmm. on the license plate. And I said to her, that is your dad communicating with you? And she immediately said, I think so. I think so. And then she found a comb in her car that belonged to her father's company, which he left decades ago, and the car is new. Now, yes. how, could, how could how could an old comb from decades ago show up in a brand new car? She said, "I didn't put it there. I didn't put it in my car, but there it was with the company logo the on. The company
0: it. logo, yes.
3: And and so she's had all these things happen, and so you know, it it really lends me to believe that." you know, the spirit world is saying, I am here for you. We don't pick up on a lot of this stuff for her. It couldn't have been more obvious. There is no way to follow a license plate and to find a comb. I mean, there's stuff that's occurring that, that just, you cannot explain that away. And it's those times that get me very excited about our connection to our deceased loved ones that they are still around and, and, yes. and wanting to, to support us.
0: And, and when you take that kind of event, like the comb, something that is so far out of left field, it, it, you really have to consider the intricacy and the concentration it took for them to pull that off. Yes, if, if that does not tell you how much you are loved while you are here, by them that are on the other side. I don't know what what does. Mm. You know, there's actually a very similar story to that, where uh, a gal who passed away, um, quite a number of years ago, um, a, a younger gal who was very close to her went to buy a new car. And same thing It wasn't a comb. it was it was like something else that was connected to the, the gal who had died. Um, but, but it was like, it was only connected to her she found it in mm-hmm. the car and just like a day or two prior to going and buying this new car she was you know having some memories of of this gal who had passed and then she goes and she tries this new car you're is a new car and here's this object in it that yeah. had such significance for the person that she was thinking of who had passed away
3: yes yeah i i i, I don't know how that happens but
0: it you know, happens from them over there going, we got to let them know that we heard. Yeah. We got to let them know that we're here. And yes, it's going to blow their mind, but sometimes that's what's necessary to get that message across.
2: Let me ask you this, Jeffrey, while we have just a couple of minutes here, I'm sorry to pinch you for time, but sure. If have you met people who have lost a spouse and as much as they yearn to communicate with them, to feel that bond again in an intimate way? They don't hear from them. There's no meat. Even if they talk to a medium and they go in, you don't want to blurt out, you know, I lost my wife or whatever it is that would give you away there. And they don't hear anything that it starts to get personal because it's like, you know, uh, Joe down the street, his wife died five years ago and he's finding the pennies and he's gotten messages from mediums. Why not me? I think that's a natural question one would ask.
0: Um, There's actually several different reasons why that could be happening. The first is, is they may be still in too much grief, in which case a connection could actually be more harmful than good. They've got to go through those stages of grief. The other reason may be that the person who passed, it would be completely out of their nature to reach back and, and, and do those sort of things. Maybe while they were here, um, they were very introspective. They were very, very quiet. They were not a forceful individual. It would be, it's just not within their character to do that. You know, there's, there's a lot of different reasons why potentially a spirit does not come through. If it's a recent passing, if this, if they've just passed, there's sometimes the, 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 uh, possibility that the spirit isn't even quote unquote awake yet on the other side. For some people, if they don't have a belief system, if they think, you know, when you're, when you're done, you're done, they end up oftentimes being quote unquote put to sleep and they're in a sleep state and have to be woken up gradually on the other side in order to, you know, be told, okay, you've passed, but you're still alive. And that's, think about the shocker that would be to somebody who had a belief system while they were alive that no, when it's over, it's over. And so there could, that could also be a reason why somebody has not heard from somebody since they've passed, because they literally are not yet available to talk.
2: Beautifully sem- explained. Several explanations. And, yeah. um, you know, in just wrapping this up, I'm, I'm persuaded that one of the obstacles to receiving a communication is the depth of our own grief. Yes. Because if you're on the other side, you're having to work through all that as though it were a form of interference.
0: Yes, and the spirit themselves may also have their own form of grief that they have to address, which Uh makes that whole communication process that much more difficult, because in order for them to communicate, they have to really concentrate, they have to really focus, and you know, when you're in an emotional state, emotional turmoil, that's a very hard thing to do, even as a spirit communicator. I can't
2: thank you enough Well done, Jeffrey Marks. Always a pleasure. Let's not wait so long before your next visit. People who want to get in touch with Jeffrey Marks, go to spiritualexploration.com. Yes. Jeffrey, thanks again.
0: Thank you so much. Always fun. Always a pleasure.
2: Uh, We will have you back before long. I'm glad we're friends with this man. I am too. We hope you all have a great weekend. We will be back next Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific, right here on AM 1150. Thanks so much for listening.